Welcome to the Daily Standard Podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play so that you won't miss our smart, conservative, and non-tribal commentary. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Dollar Shave Club, which has a pretty nice offer that I'll tell you about a little bit later. It's May 30th, 2018. I'm Charlie Sykes. And today is a day that reminds us that we live in exceptionally dumb times. The UN installs the Assad regime as the president of the UN's Conference on Disarmament, Syria. Yeah. Uh, And Kim Kardashian is headed to the White House to talk prison reform with the president of the United States, who, by the way, spent the morning tweeting attacks on his own attorney general and how much he regrets appointing him. Uh, But the summit with Kim Kardashian makes, of course, perfect sense because she's she's such an expert, right? I I mean, why would you choose, I don't know, an actual expert when you can have somebody who's literally famous for being famous, but Trump has a thing about celebrities, right? And um, he always surrounds himself with the best people. And that worked out so well with Roseanne. Um, by the way, I'm flying solo today, and, and I want to talk about the implosion of Spygate. And remember, of course, when the conservative media was uh, all up in, about whether or not uh, the Obama administration had sent a spy, had embedded somebody inside the Trump campaign. Well, never mind. Uh, that whole thing has pretty much gone away. Whether or not the, the conservative media... Um, will perhaps rethink its role, um, which apparently is to be the uh, Johnny Cochran of this case. Uh, I, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Now, if we have time, we'll also uh, talk about what's happening to children at the border. But I want to start off with talking about Roseanne Barr, who um, tried to defend herself by arguing that uh, her racist tweet, and everybody knows the backstory, right, that a racist tweet was the result of taking Ambient at 2 a.m., now, I have warned people in the past that this podcast can be R-rated, uh, so you, you have been warned, but, but her uh, you know, ambient defense is, of course, uh, complete uh, bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. If anybody has ever, has ever uh, tweeted, shall we say, impaired, you, you know that it comes up in a certain kind of way. This was done with malice of forethought, and I'm sure that she thought that, that a lot of her uh, fellow deplorables would find it highly amusing. Uh, but the one thing that I want to recommend is J.V. Last piece uh, in the Weekly Standard, Trumpism Corrupts Roseanne Edition, or Trumpism Corrupts Chapter 986. Uh, and the point he makes is, look, she's not even close to being a conservative by any means, but people on the right embraced her anyhow. And this seems to be the pattern that we're seeing, that if you get on the Trump train, no matter how bizarre you are, no matter what a misfit toy you are, no matter what your crackpot, or crackpot background might be, if you're with Trump, then we're going to defend you and we're going to enable, and then you know we're surprised that it ends this way. Now, I had to confess up front, in the interest of full disclosure, that I have never found Roseanne Barr to be funny, to be compelling. Um, I never watched her show. There was zero chance that I ever was going to watch it, whether she'd been pro-Trump or anti-Trump. But, you know, I want to go back to to J.B. Last's piece. You know, it's people should have known better. And I guess that's the question to take away from this is, is why did ABC not know better? Did they not care? Why did um, all of the folks on the right decide that, uh, hey, yeah, Roseanne Barr, she's one of us. And uh, J.B. writes, uh, they, they should have known better because Roseanne is not just any, you know, it, she isn't just not any sort of conservative. She is at best a Bulgarian and at worst a Cretan. Remember the crotch-grabbing national anthem? Remember her publishing the address of George Zimmerman's parents? Remember her dressing up as Hitler 
or speaking to the Occupy Wall Street protesters or running for president with anti-war activist Cindy Sheehan as her running mate? Because those are all things that happened in the very recent past, and this is not even the whole list. And yet, a bunch of Republican types, including White House social media guy Dan Scavino and the guy, she, the guy he works for, and for that matter, the guy's son, all decided that by gum, Roseanne represented the poor, the dispossessed, the great, happily deplorable electoral college majority because hashtag ratings. And then he talks about this process by which people get get on the train or get into bed or crawl into the swamp with folks like Roseanne. You start out thinking, hey, this is kind of sketchy. But then you see the overnight numbers and you forget all about crotch grabbing and conspiracy theories. But that stuff never really goes away. So eventually Roseanne is calling Valerie Jarrett a, a Muslim and a character from uh, Planet of the Apes. And then conservatives find themselves defending her brave free speech or whatever. And by the by, the Valerie Jarrett comment was only the second worst thing she said. In that way, Roseanne was a lot like Trumpism. You start out thinking, well, I know that he said some weird stuff, has a shady past, but illegal, illegal immigration is a real problem. And the next thing you know, you're defending a president who plays footsie with white supremacists and accuses a former president of literal treason. And he goes on to basically say this is kind of like, you know, joining a biker, uh, a, a biker gang because you like riding your hog. Uh, but uh, after a while, you realize, hey, uh, I am a member of a biker gang. You should read the whole thing. And, of course, now we have uh, the fallout from all of this. We have uh, some of the usual suspects playing the whataboutism card. Was it really that bad? And you have your usual grifters, folks like Charlie Kirk, yeah, who is a, who is a grifter. Yeah, his mission is to sell conservatism on college campuses. Great. I wonder how that is going, uh, given how... Um, enthusiastic is on defending every possible uh, norm violation or line that's being crossed. I think he referred to her in a tweet, Roseanne Barr, as a you know, free-thinking Trump supporter. And you can play this game endlessly. Well, what about this person? What? Look, this is a, a pretty clear red line. Um, and and uh, folks on the left naturally are will, will try to say that Roseanne Barr was really the id of the conservatives that all conservatives really think this sort of thing. She just happened to say it. Or if you're somewhat more restrained, you'll say that, uh, well, not all conservatives, uh, but uh, a significant portion of the deplorable Trump base. So, I, you know, I two, two different approaches. Number one is Roseanne Barr is Roseanne Barr. She's been a crackpot. She's been a bigot. She's been a loose cannon, and I think that's way too soft a term, for years and years and years, and she ought to be held individually responsible for her behavior. On the other hand, you do get the sense that there are people like Roseanne Barr who are now enabled and empowered and given a profile and a platform to spew out her insane drivel and has been endorsed by the president of the United States. So what, what does that mean? Well, you know, I mean, you, of course, look, there have always been people like Roseanne Barr who think those things. And generally, though, they have been stigmatized. Or if they're the drunk at the end of the bar, you would hope that somebody would tell them, just shut up. Or, you know, that that's just not appropriate. But now we're in an era in which, you know, whether it is, and look, I have spent years writing about political correctness. And, and, one, and I have to say, one of the more depressing things has been the way in which the legitimate fight against political correctness has been hijacked from people who are defending boorish behavior, rudeness, racism, just flat out racism. This is, by the way, this is not a First Amendment issue. 
there's no First Amendment, you know, right to have a, an ABC sitcom, even a crappy one. Um, and ABC made this decision. You would like to think they made it on the basis of fundamental decency. But, of course, they also recognized that this was a PR disaster. And there was no coming back from it. But, but back, back to the Roseanne Barb. This is where thought leadership and responsible leadership is so important. Because I think that there is, you know, people are not black or white. People are not racist or not racist. And I don't want to get too far into this, but, but I think there's a, range of, there's a range of decency, let's put it this way, where the same person can be, shall we say, you know, led, encouraged um, to, to raise their standards, to have a different uh, perspective on people of, of, of different races, um, as opposed to that person, if they are encouraged or they think it is acceptable to engage in this kind of speech. And that's one of the things that I think the Roseanne, the Roseanne incident might at least raise the red flag, that there are just too many people out there who, if they are not racist, are okay with it. And this, I think, is the crisis on, on the right. Is not, and I, I wrote this in my book, that it's not that, that, that you know, just despite some of the, the folks on the left, conservatives are not racially, uh, you're not, they're not bigots. But too many of them, I think, are okay with those who are, are okay with those who are. And uh, un- unfortunately, this is not going to be the last episode of all of this. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching how the... I mean, you know, the, the the embrace of Roseanne Barr ought to be one of those moments like, oh, OK, you know, have we really lost our mind that we thought that this was going to end in any other way? Well, watch what's happening with Kanye West and the number of folks who are saying, well, no, Kanye West, we, we need to build him up because he's with Trump. And if he's with Trump, then nothing else matters. Even Louis Farrakhan, nothing else matters. All right. I want to talk about uh, the reality check that we got over the last 24 hours on Spygate. Um, if I had written an article about this, which I was thinking about doing, and I should have done, it would have been the, head, the headline that I would have suggested would have been the bonfire of the conservative media, the way in which it bought in so deeply to Spygate because so many folks on the conservative media are suffering from a failure to focus on what is going on. And I want to talk about that um, right after this. But today's podcast is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club. Now, if you ever shower or brush your teeth or try to make your hair look presentable, I've got some pretty good news for you. Dollar Shave Club has a lot of stuff to help you out. And they very kindly sent me a sample box, which really (laughs) impressed me because... I've read the copy, you know, about the the, the shave, and but I, I didn't know whether it was going to make that much of a difference. But I tried on, I tried uh, the, uh, the the shave butter and and their executive razor, and I will tell you, it is the closest shave I've ever had. I actually went upstairs, and I said to my wife, I said, "Look, I, this is the best. You got to feel this. This this is by far the best shave I have ever had. Um, it looked good, it smelled good, and I knew that I sounded like an ad, but this it's it's it, it is real." Now, from my point of view, one of the best things is that Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need. Shampoo, conditioner, body wash, toothpaste, hair gel, even a wipe that will leave your tush feeling tingly clean. And I am uh, now, now I am a big fan of their amber and lavender calming body cleanser. I need calming these days. Uh, all of Dollar Shave Club's products are made with top shelf ingredients and shipping is free. So here's a great way. 
to try a bunch of Dollar Shave Club's products. For just five bucks, you can get their Daily Essential Starter Set. Comes with Body Cleanser, One Wipe Charlies, their Amazing Butt Wipes, their World Famous Shave Butter, and their Best Razor, the Six Blade Executive, which I cannot speak highly enough of. Keep the blades coming for a few more bucks a month and add in shampoo, toothpaste, or anything else you need. Check it all out at dollarshaveclub.com slash weeklystandard. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash weeklystandard. All right. Now, um, how many articles, how much time uh, on conservative talk radio and Fox News and on the pages of, quote unquote, conservative publications, uh, did we hear about Spygate, the allegation that there had been an informant that who then, of course, because the president called it uh, a, a spy, everybody else fell into line. Well, that kind of blew up over the last uh, 24 hours. And again, it's it's one of those. I, I, you have to ask yourself, why are we doing all of this? Peter Weiner, a well-known conservative, a good friend, tweeted out last week. It was actually a week ago, but I kept it, I printed it out. Because he said, I thought the attacks on the special counsel during the Bill Clinton scandals were deplorable. But there was not the same degree of crazed conspiratorial thinking, institutional nihilism that we're seeing on the right the Clinton years were bad. This is worse. And uh, Damon Linker, uh, writing in The Week, and I also printed this out at the time, said, um, you know, someday when the Trump administration is over and the true extent of its corruption has become part of the public record, the right-wing website The Federalist and its leading promoters and writers, especially Sean Davis and Molly Hemingway, will receive proper recognition for the significant and distinctive contribution they made to polluting the waters of American public life. Along with Sean Hannity's primetime show on Fox News, the House Intelligence Committee under Devin Nunes, and the president's own lie-filled Twitter feed, The Federalist is a leading disseminator of pro-Trump conspiracies and is uh, and up is down funhouse mirror distortions of special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian meddling and potential Trump involvement. Now, I think that's unfairly targeting The Federalist because this was something that was spread across conservative media and taken seriously for it felt like uh, several what was it several weeks or was it just several uh, days uh, that we were supposed to you know put the focus uh, not on what the Mueller investigation was uncovering um, but on the investigators. This is why you, you know describe this as the Johnny Cochran conservative uh, media, which is that if you can't do people remember this in terms of or am I or am I dating myself? Everybody remembers Johnny Cochran, O.J. Simpson's lawyer. Look, everybody knew O.J. Simpson was guilty, and so the whole point was to turn the focus on the investigators. Have people saying, well, you know what, these cops are pretty bad guys, and look what they did, as opposed to the fact that O.J. Simpson murdered two people. And this is what we have, of course, is this failure to focus. Look, we're finding out that this Mueller investigation is a lot broader and deeper than we had ever imagined up until recently, including the story that we're seeing today, that President Trump tried to get Jeff Sessions to unrecuse himself uh, from the from the uh, Russia investigation. So, I mean, the, the actual reality is the elephant in the room. And you really get the sense that there are a lot of folks that have just simply decided they don't care whether or not Trump is guilty of any of these things or whether any of these allegations are true 
and as a result, they're playing this Johnny Cochran-like game, let's undermine the investigation. Look, I, I am old enough to remember, a phrase I use too much, when conservatives really would have cared to find out the truth about what did the Russians do? Is the president compromised? Was there pay for play? Was there money laundering? Um, would have been concerned about a culture of uh, deception and corruption, not to mention obstruction of justice or this open, rolling attempt to undermine this investigation, the attacks on law enforcement. You know, this should not be a Democrat—maybe it's naive. It shouldn't be a Democrat-Republican issue to want to know the truth of this. Okay, which always brings brings me back to this obsession with Spygate, which was, of course, part of the Trump administration, the Trump-Rudy Giuliani attempt— to uh, undermine the investigation by shifting the focus on the, from the president's conduct onto these terrible things that the FBI had done. The um, and you know, can I just parenthetically interrupt myself and ask you know, how 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 long will it take American law enforcement to recover from the damage being done to its reputation by the president and his agents? Well, for a week or so, there was the focus on aha. There was a spy. Now, even though it was not a spy or that somebody had been embedded in the in the campaign, and this was pushed by the Wall Street Journal. This was pushed by a lot of folks other than the Federalists, who I think are somewhat unfairly singled out here, but they, they pushed this as well, to suggest that there was some sort of a political hit. Now, this had nothing to do with the Mueller investigation because this happened long before Bob Mueller came along. Um, And it certainly there was no evidence to suggest that, in fact, it had affected the investigation in any way. Um, In any case, now we come to where we, you know, come to today, uh, May May 30th. Last night, something extraordinary happened on Fox News. You had Trey Gowdy, um, who very recently was an absolute hero uh, to the Republican right. Uh, Trey Gowdy saying nothing. There was nothing wrong here. What? Washington Post headline uh, on Fox News of all places, Trump's spy claim is debunked by Trey Gowdy and even Judge Napolitano. President, this is what Trey Gowdy said. President Trump himself in the Comey memos said, if anyone connected with my campaign was working with Russia, I want you to investigate it. And it sounds to me like that is exactly what the FBI did. I think when the president finds out what happened, he is going to be not just fine. He's going to be glad we have an FBI that took seriously what they heard. By the way, this is not so likely, but um, I am even more convinced, Gowdy said, that the FBI did exactly what my fellow citizens would want them to do when they got the information they got, and that it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Asked about the president's tweets on the subject, he added that such statements should be subject to questioning by special counsel Robert Mueller. If I were his lawyer, and I never will be, I would tell him to rely on his lawyers and his communications folks. Um... Asked to respond to Gowdy's remarks, then you know, Judge uh, Andrew Napolitano, who's basically been willing to carry a lot of water for uh, Trump, um, he said that the claims that the FBI placed an undercover spy on Trump's campaign, quote, seem to be baseless. There is no evidence for that whatsoever, Napolitano said. The fact that the FBI source spoke with, quote, people on the periphery of the campaign is standard operating procedure in intelligence gathering and in criminal investigations. Now, why is this significant? Because, of course, the big issue last week was 
the president's insistence that the Justice Department investigate this. You had a series of these high-profile, very controversial meetings uh, in which uh, you had uh, Democrats and Republicans, Democrats were originally not invited, uh, sat down and looked at the documentation provided by the Department of Justice. If there had been anything remotely like a smoking gun, if there had been a smoking cigarette butt, if there had been someone thinking about a smoking cigarette butt, you know that Devin Nunes would have been out pounding his chest. It would have been uh, wall to wall on some shows about what they had discovered about Obama plating a spy inside the Trump administration. Um, one of the people who was able to see this confidential information was Trey Gowdy. Trey Gowdy comes out and says, nothing to see here. There is no problem at all. And uh, just that, you know, let, let, let's move on. Spygate was just another one of the many distractions. Attempts to say, look, squirrel. If you want, if you like that analogy, squirrel. You know, chase that, which unfortunately a lot of the Johnny Cochran conservative media did. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing there. Whereas, where is Devin Nunes? I, I think that that's an interesting question. Why have we not heard? Why have none of the other Trump apologists come forward and said, no, we saw things that deeply troubled us? Now, I, I should have done a Google search right before doing this uh, podcast, but you can certainly do it now. Uh, when was the last time that anybody mentioned Spygate? And of course, no, look, Trump is going to continue pushing it. Trump is going to continue um, pushing it out because he's he's Donald Trump and now suggesting that Robert Mueller is going to meddle with the with the elections. Because, of course, this is part of the Trumpian projection, which is that that accuse the other side of doing something you are doing. Uh, in any case, uh, I, I don't know whether that's going to go anywhere. Um, but it, but it's also a power of shows the power of distraction, and what the strategy is. And everybody knows what the 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 strategy is. Nobody thinks that Rudy Giuliani is pursuing anything remotely like a legal strategy. Nobody thinks that Rudy Giuliani is preparing to show that the president was innocent. In fact, the assumption, even among the president's supporters, and this is becoming internalized now. In, in a lot of, unfortunately, in a, in, a, in a broadening segment of the Republican Party, the assumption is, of course, the president probably has done some things that are, are pretty are pretty questionable at, at, at most. Um, the president cannot be allowed to sit with the FBI or Bob Mueller because he cannot help himself from lying. Um, and so, therefore, rather than looking at the underlying truth or falsity or severity of what is being investigated— Let's all get on board with this strategy to attack and demean the investigators. Let's come up with sideshows like Spygate. Spygate was specifically designed to undermine, to delegitimize the investigation, and to distract from the stories that we are learning on a daily basis about things that might have gone on, things that in, in, in a remotely normal world would have been considered rather significant, including the the obviously ongoing conflicts of interest, which may or may not be a subject of the Mueller investigation. But even knowing that there is this sort of cynical 
um, you know, show going on. And of course, if you watch a, a trial of somebody who's obviously guilty, there is a certain entertainment value to watching as a defense lawyer tries to obscure the actual issue, tries to distract the judge or or the jury from the actual issue. And you sort of can admire the skill there. But what's happened is that there are a lot of folks in the conservative media who ought to know better, who have a different role, whose job is not to be the defense counsel, but ought to be providing some thought leadership and frankly, ought to be concerned about whether or not there is the reality of corruption out there, uh, who have decided they will play exactly the same game. They will become part of the great fog machine um, of the Trump administration. And going back to JV's piece about uh, Trumpism corrupts with Roseanne Barr, what you're seeing is the transformation of some elements of the conservative media into being into being active participate active participants in i won't say the obstruction of justice because that's a legal term but clearly the attempt to undermine it so that would have been my piece that would have been the bonfire of the conservative media um has anyone apologized has anybody run a correction have uh, has anybody convened a meeting of the editorial board of any of these publications or um, outlets to say how did we get snookered into that how did we, did we overhype that? Did we not understand what was going on? And, and how will we respond to the next distraction? Because trust me, there will be another distraction. Okay, I had been thinking about talking about the children at the border, but I think we we're running out of time here. And um, I, I want to be able to handle that in somewhat longer form. Thank you for listening to the Daily Standard podcast and putting up with my solo rant. I'm Charlie Sykes. We'll be back again tomorrow.